Hello, everyone. Welcome back to BioNexus Health Presents Autism Uprooted podcast series. Today, we'll be speaking to a unique and dedicated couple, absolutely amazing parents of triplets. And um, dad makes it a point to attend every single appointment. They both make it a point to attend all appointments together an amazing team that have achieved fantastic results for their boys. I would uh, like to welcome Kate and Rob to today's podcast. Welcome to the BioNexus Health Podcast with Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw, who holds a PhD in integrative medicine, is board certified in integrative pediatrics, an internationally recognized pioneering clinician and author. And now here's your host of BioNexus Health Podcast, Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw. I would like to welcome Kate and Rob to today's podcast. Hey guys, how are you today? Good, how are you? Good, good, thank you. Thank you for being here on, on a weekend. I you know, appreciate you making the time. Yeah, glad to be here. You know, um, the podcast goes to 89 countries, more than 89 countries around the world. Um, I, I see clients in um, more than 89 countries, and it'll be very inspirational and helpful to other parents watching. So I'm glad you guys made it. Sure. All right. So now you are um, parents of triplets. Yeah. And additional yeah. children, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Triplets in the middle. Okay. Now, um, so could you uh, could you walk me through begin at the beginning with because I I only see two boys, right? Not all three from the triplets. One is neurotypical. Mm -hmm. um, they were uh, born twenty nine weeks, five days, ninetieth um, percentile for their their week. They were all almost exactly three and a half pounds. So all. Even they were followed through Northwestern, um, everything normal, um, no issues noted, feeder growers is what they call them. They came home within six to eight weeks, still preemies, um, everything still normal. And they always say, don't, don't compare kids, but it was good to have a comparison because we knew um, when they were about a year and a half, something was not quite right with uh, two of them and it happened pretty pretty drastically. Um, they had an autism diagnosis um, by maybe two and a half and um, we put them in ABA therapy and um, they were there a little over a year and then we had several therapists come up independently and just said, you know, you know they're not autistic, right? And I said, you know, I kept, I keep hearing this. So can you tell me more? And, um, you know, they really couldn't say too much, but at the same time, they wanted us to know. Um, and it was like three or four therapists independently. So um, I kind of took that as a sign. And um, we started seeing some biomedical doctors here who like, described a vaccine injury. And we went back and looked in charts and um, at old videos. And we could see within six weeks of those videos um, in a specific doctor appointment, Grant would be in his crib 
for five to 20 minutes, like just like lightly banging his head on the crib and, um, Andrew would just throw tantrums on the floor. And, you know, some people would say, oh, you know, that's just behavioral. And I'm like, no, no, not really. When some kid is smashing their head on the floor, that's not, that's not behavioral. That's, that's a problem. Um, and, um, so we did take them out of the regular ABA therapy and um, just kind of started healing them like from the inside out. And I would say um, one of them is definitely, definitely like near a recovery and the other, uh, he's got a ways to go still, but I mean, he's making progress. So you feel, or you actually saw some side effects uh, because of uh, jabs, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Within six weeks, uh, loss of speech, loss of eye contact, um, uh, funny walking. Um, yeah, it was all together. And actually, um, a family member mentioned, uh, "Do you do you think this one's autistic?" And you know, it's. Um, I guess I didn't have any experience with autism really didn't really know what that meant. And so I just kind of went with it um, until people started saying, no, no, they're, they're not. Um, and yeah, then we kind of looked back, but it, it was, it was one set where I do recall that pediatrician saying, you know what, do you want to just catch them up? And I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> um, yeah, so they, yeah, they did have five at that appointment. Right. Yeah, so they had five treatments in one appointment. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it wasn't all um it wasn't all a shock because the third one, the third triplet, did experience something after um his nine month, but I didn't really think about it until later, where he did have a high fever, about 104, but I had um our other daughter 16 months older. So I had like literally four babies and I I didn't want to take him to the ER um, by myself. Um, I had no one else there. And his fever did come down within a couple hours, like at 102. So, but he did have a reaction, but he fought that. He was able to get mm -hmm. past that and fight yeah. that. Okay. So uh, what made you decide to go for uh, Bionexus and herbal therapy? I want to say we, we've tried a lot of things over the years. Um, I think I heard about you on a Facebook uh, chat room, uh, I think is where I found your name and then I researched it. Uh, my memory is not as good as Kate's on all this stuff, but I, I want to say that's how it happened. And, uh, you know, you had great reviews and, you know, we're like all the other parents that are listening to this, you'll try anything. You know, we've done, you name it, we've been there and done it. Um, so th that's how we, you know, found you and, and got set up and started moving. Um, and we've been to other doctors before. I'll tell you the, the thing I like about what you do is you take the tests, which are outside of, um, cause I, you know, you know, parents are very vulnerable with this. Um, they believe anything anyone says, but you know, when we talk to you and you show us these tests that are done by, you know, a third party testing company and you see your kids improve, um, you know, whatever month to month between the, the meetings or the appointments. Uh, and you see, then you show, say, look at how his gut bacteria got better. And you're seeing the progress, but you're also seeing it on paper of why they're getting better. So um, 
And, you know, like we've had some flare ups and we've seen some of the behaviors and things kind of regress a little bit, but now they're starting to get better again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at least you have something, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't know all the stuff, but I can follow the graphs when you screenshot back and forth and you say, wow, look how bad it was. And, you know, look, at it's amazing that it's this low now or this much better. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's been great. And we've seen great, great gains with both boys. I mean, they're no one's ever the same, but they're both making progress every day. Um, so that's all you can, you know, you can hope for. Yes. Thank you, Rob, for the kind words. Um, doing lab tests and connecting the dots between various lab tests. And like you mentioned, you know, third-party lab tests and seeing progress, once again, connecting the dots when we repeat the test and seeing the change, the physiological and biochemical changes that are induced by various triggers. We mentioned about the jibber jabber, but you know, uh, there are many ingredients in them that can be triggers for pans, pandas, um, right, tick-borne infections, Lyme disease, biotoxin illness, mold exposure. Um, so environmental toxins were acquired. We uh, we saw those in the labs. And um, uh, both boys are, like you mentioned, again, individuals, and they had their own individualized lab results, their own protocols, and uh, they've come quite a long way. Can you uh, speak a little bit about the improvements you've seen? where they are today. I mean, and like Grant, I mean, he didn't talk till I think his fifth birthday. Like he didn't no. really, he or did, he Christmas. He sees by like four, but he was also, he has the anxiety. We had a very good chiropractor who described it, fight and flight. He said, Andrew is a fight. He's a fighter. He's, um, he's going to stick it out. He's going to try. He's a perfectionist. Grant is a flight. Like if he doesn't think he can do it, he's not even going to try. So he used to go like behind our trees and start talking. So, but that's where he did like his ABCs. And, but he was, he had an, as an, an anxiety around us. So I think he had it in him, but couldn't get it out. Um, but he's, he's still, um, yeah. So I would say like four-ish, maybe he started talking around us like five, and mm -hmm. now he's repeating anything you say to him, he can repeat. He says his own words. He can sing happy birthday, which to most people that are living with this, I mean, that's a huge, it's progress, right? You're, you're seeing results. Um, I mean, Grant used to only want to watch cartoons. Now he plays video games. I mean, and he can play video games and get to new levels and do, I mean, he's playing the same video games I played as a kid. And He's like, I'm like, man, I didn't even know that. And, uh, you know, he had, uh, I don't know what the terms are, but his fingers weren't as strong as Andrew's with writing and stuff. And when he first started six months ago, he couldn't even push the buttons. And now he's getting to multiple levels in a game um, by himself. He definitely had like the lead poisoning, like the droopy wrists and everything. And he still, he still has um, some difficulties writing, but, you know, I also, I also used to take offense when people called him lazy. And now what I can see that he does, I'm like, you know what, Grant, you are kind of being lazy. You can play this in Nintendo. Granted, it's only like, you know, half an hour a day. It's not a lot, but it's something that's very normal that his brothers would do. And he can push it. And I'm like, you know what? You can write. 
<laughs> so sometimes you just have to push him a little bit because he is a master manipulator. He is smart, but he doesn't want to do it. But we're going to make him do it. <laughs> I like that approach. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He can't be lazy. No. Yeah. You, you have to dig deep for the motivating factors sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, yes, for the motivating. And because he does have that anxiety where he doesn't want to try it because he's going to fail. Well, you know what? If you try it, I think he's finding that he's succeeding more and more. You know, that's something important. Uh, you just reminded me of uh, Brian uh, a little while back. He did an interview and this was something, you know, he uh, he revealed to this uh, autism reporter, right, journalist, that I heard for the first time in, um, I, I think Brian was 16 when he was interviewed by this autism reporter, right? So it turns out that uh, initially I saw that he had acquired 2,000 words, mm -hmm. but, you know, it, he found it hard and he refused to make phrases. Um, his words would come out wrong sometimes. And it was very interesting, like, you know, the, the kids are so smart, the, the ones who are, you know, damaged by treatments are uh, really smart. Uh, and it's interesting that he mentioned that he knew what he was saying sounded weird. So he just didn't attempt it. He stopped talking. Yeah. You know, un until he practiced. Uh, and then from there, he went to echolalia. You know, he would watch TV shows. I, I remember, uh, what was that? Um, Zach and Cody, uh, uh, Little Bear. You know, mm -hmm. he would watch those shows and he would he would have a lot of echolalia. Yeah. And then he started using that echolalia appropriately. Mm -hmm. So he would use that sing-song voice uh, and then, you know, he would answer my questions appropriately. And slowly I actually started to hear his voice. Now, during this interview, this was the first time I actually, uh, you know, heard him give us the reason why in spite of so many words you know we had speech therapists scratching uh, you know scratching their head like what is going on he's got these words but he's not stringing them into phrases even though he can hmm. so yeah. I think that is kind of where um Grant is he's got the echolalia from some shows and he's using it correctly. And he has a new speech therapist um, as of like the last month. And I think she is good. She's really kind of opening up more ideas as to why he's doing this. And she's using the gestalt language and said he's like in one, but she needs to move him to two. And she said he's kind of getting there, but um, she needs to move him to two, even to get further in academic. Um, she said the language is actually holding him back currently. So, um, yeah, he will answer and sometimes he'll repeat the last the last phrases you say or uh, questions are very difficult, difficult for him. And this was true of Andrew also until about two years ago. Um, Andrew would, um, if I said, do you want this? Yes or no. And he would just say no or whatever the last thing was you said. No. Uh, do you want an apple or a banana? Banana, just because I said banana last. And so now with Grant, when I say, do you want this? Yes or no? And he'll say yes and no. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you can't really get an answer. So I think um, the questions are harder for him. Um, but, you know, Andrew kind of had, it was kind of a switch that flipped and he understood it. Um, so ironically, Andrew, I think was the, 
he had the worst um, issues when they were like two, three years old. And now it has kind of flipped. So we always kind of wait for like Grant to make a huge progress because Andrew's had several. And I think even just recently, we talked to you about him being a little more hyper. And that has really calmed down in the last two weeks. And his his vocabulary, his speech, his conversation, he's 100% conversational. And he sits in the front with me. Wait, 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 sorry, wait, wait, sorry to interrupt. Well, Andrew is 100% conversational. That is so amazing. They, I mean, yeah. for um, I'll stop him. He's downstairs playing, but <laughs> he sits in the front seat with me because we have four school drop-offs and um, he'll just start talking about something outside and, you know, it's something outside of himself. Spontaneously, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll even ask um, because I might have like some, you know, movie on in the car for his little sister. She's four. And he'll be like, mom, can I have your phone, please? I want to play, whatever. Oh my goodness. um, He, you know, he knows to be, everyone has said, oh, he's so polite and he is, everything's please, thank you. Um, Yeah, he's spontaneous. That is, that is so good to hear. Now, uh, Rob, you mentioned that, uh, you mentioned something to me a couple appointments back about going on a fishing trip. Was that Andrew? Yeah, so Andrew, and Grant, they like to go fishing with us. Uh, they have both been deer hunting with us before, uh, which, you know, sitting quietly in a blind. Uh, you know, we try to, you know, Andrew played on our soccer team last year. Um, you know, we try to get him involved in everything that Charlie or any of the other kids do. We don't, uh, you know, try to keep him from it. Uh, it's it's a challenge sometimes, but there he is. Say hi to Dr. Deshort. Hi, Dr. Deshort. Hey Andrew, good to see you again. How are you? Yes, Mario collection. You want to play <laughs> oh, really? Mario Plus collection. Mario, Mario oh. Plus collection. Crazy yeah. Mario Brothers. Crazy Mario Brothers. The Mario Brothers. <laughs> They're in the Mario, Mario Brothers right now. Twenty-three. Do you want to leave now? Yes. Okay. That's see you it. later. Bye. All right. Bye, honey bunny. See you later. Oh, he's so cute. I can't get over it. Yeah. Oh he moves goodness. fast and he is, um, he's at a therapeutic school. We are, I think, ready to move him to something where he can have a little more academics because he's doing like um, double digit addition subtraction right now. Andrew, go close the door. Um, and they're starting multiplication. Um, so he can definitely use the academics. He's a very smart kid. Um, but, you know, we had to work on the behavioral. So that is really coming together. He still needs to slow, as you can see, like he's a hundred miles an hour. He's not always like that. If he's sitting in the front seat, he's very calm. He can be very calm, but he still goes hundred miles an hour and he likes Legos and puzzles, which causes his brain to go hundred miles an hour, but he has to slow down. So um, the calming, we still need a little calming, but um, the speech is great. He's been on uh, the Bionexus speech protocol for a few months now. I think over a year. No, the speech. No? Oh, the, the speech. speech the speech. Itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Overall, over a year. But yeah. Yeah. It was a few months back. I'm thinking maybe like six months or so. Okay. 
Mm -hmm. And since then, you know, every appointment, I'm hearing uh, more and more language. And, you know, we are having spontaneous language conversations. My goodness, I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing good stuff from um, most parents, you know, after two months on the speech protocol, on the speech blend mm -hmm. and a couple other. So this this is great. Uh, Rob, you, you were saying that Andrew and Grant were able to... Um, sit quietly during deer hunting yeah yeah andrew i don't have uh -huh. the picture right now but andrew and charlie uh charlie shot his first deer last year and andrew was there with them and andrew was you know he was looking out of the binoculars and you know they he saw deer walking by on our farm uh so yeah i mean like i said i try to give them every opportunity uh they they andrew and grant both like going fishing for multiple reasons but uh Andrew likes to reel them in. Grant likes to throw them back in the water. Uh, oh, but, okay. you know, they, you know, he always, he, like this morning, Grant asked me to go fishing. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 you know, we try to, to get them involved and, and let them do uh, everything everyone else does. I think the biggest thing that we had recently, and this was six months ago. So, I mean, it was before they were even at this level is we took them on a Disney cruise. And it was the first time the younger four had ever been on a plane. And I always thought, you know, that could even just go horribly wrong, but, um, they were perfect. Um, you know, the, some of the therapists were like, well, Grant really likes water. Like, do you think he's going to jump off the ship? And I was like, well, um, I hope not. I mean, there are a lot of people who don't, so <laughs> I think he'll be okay. I, 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 to be honest, I had my, you know, I said, we can't have a balcony room. Yeah. You know, I can't take the chance. You know, yeah. you have to outthink the potential a balcony room. And that, that's a, that is a, that would be a little more difficult, but, yeah. um, yeah, they, you know, I mean, they, they were perfect. Like Andrew, especially as you can see, he's much further along. Um, if you didn't know there was something going on, no one else could tell. He just fit in with everyone else there. Um, you know, he was walking on his own, like 10 feet ahead of us, just kind of taking step in, um, even the streets I let him down in Jamaica that were really far off course. Um, he just fit in looking around, taking stuff in. He went to play bongo drums with some people there. Um, Grant, yeah, I mean, in, you know, they do require supervision hundred percent of the time, but that doesn't mean that you have to have a hand on them, you know, just know where they are. And very, very successful vacation. Um, you haven't done anything like that before, uh, but we're planning to again next year. So it went that well. Yeah, we couldn't have done that two years ago. No way. Yeah, no, it would have been impossible. <laughs> the meltdowns. I mean, the thing I liked about going on a, like, you know, instead of going like on more of an adult based cruise versus the kid cruise is if your kid's screaming, don't worry, the kid at the next table is screaming louder. Right. Uh, that's kind of the way I went into it. And we had no problems anywhere on anything we did. We did excursions. We went in a submarine. I mean, there were there were no issues. In a and submarine? All, yeah, yeah, in uh, the Cayman Islands. Yeah. We went in a small little submarine to look at fish at a reef. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not a single... Yeah problem and you know we didn't mention so they're nine so i know i listen to some of these podcasts and I'm wondering like how old so they're nine they'll be 10 in march so this has been a work in progress mm -hmm. since they were about two and a half but like really where we knew what was wrong since about four right 
Yes, and um, we found additional things to to help them with when we ran yeah. the labs when we started with them. You know, um, uh, so Kate and Rob, one thing that that I I vividly remember from your Disney cruise is you mentioned about the diet. You know, there were just basic dietary restrictions. You know, gluten free, dairy free was maintained, but it it wasn't like a, a very strict diet was followed and uh, you were also taking a break from their protocol while on uh, on vacation sort of a break right you know the, the uh, it would have been hard to bring all the little bottles oh, yes. with us. <laughs> of course yes I get yeah. my cords taken away I mean before they're, they're gonna take you know they would take thousands of dollars of I'll tell you yes. like they custom made desserts for them uh one night there was schnitzel and you know their grandma uh makes schnitzel they love it you know it's like chicken chicken tenders um uh, they, they you know i had regular gluten and they made gluten free for everyone else they made chocolate cake that looked just like everyone's else that was gluten and dairy free i mean whatever you need it we did have to order it the night before we had to choose their menu but they it's, uh they did a phenomenal job with the very easy to do that's definitely a vacation if anyone is thinking about to do it we had a book through um one of my friends and you know she said you know there are about like 20 percent of people have dietary restrictions on disney cruises so like our whole family is gluten-free except for rob and three of them are dairy uh dairy free so um it was not a big deal for them at all yeah they took our orders the night before we waited maybe 20 30 minutes when we were there, because um, they prepare them in another kitchen, and they bring it, um, no issues, yes, and when we do, like, even our beach vacation, I might bring, like, one supplement or two supplements for Andrew for calming, but they do take a break from that, and, um, you know, we don't see any, I think, just because they built it up, right, you know, they're okay, and, you know, sometimes I think it's even good for their body to take a little break, and then get back on it, and, um, there are no, no big issues. Like when we first started, when there were four or five and you skipped, you skipped something one day, like detrimental effects. Yeah. Right. It, it, I, you know, I, I think, you know, taking a, a week off the supplements is good, but doing the diet, uh, we had so many issues, which I'm sure other parents did with constipation and not wanting to go to the bathroom, like to get to the point where they're potty trained, um, they tell you when they got to go uh, to take a chance of eating dairy and gluten and screwing that back up. It's just not worth it. Yeah. it it's and that and Disney did a great job. And I'll tell you, I would recommend a cruise over going to a, a theme park because there was no waiting in lines. If you had a problem, <laughs> you're back in your room in three minutes, go down an elevator yeah. and you're in your room calm down, give them an iPad, relax, reset, go back out. Um, and that might've happened once though. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have an issue. And the constipation, I will say that that was when they were like three, four years old and they were like just starting on the diet or something. Um, they, they haven't had that recently. I mean, they're good. Even Grant was the last one, but I mean, he was potty trained at like four and a half, maybe number two might've been like five-ish, mm -hmm. but um you know, people don't realize they think, you know, special need, uh, you know, they're getting off the bus. They're like, oh, someone said they have to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, well, then they'll go. Um, you know, I mean, we don't take them anymore. I, you know, of all five kids, you know, uh, the little one still calls when she, after she goes, but you know, yeah, they're good about that. Um, Andrew was, 
you know, actually we had both of them um, because we have the triplet uh, boy and then my daughter who's a year older and we would send up to the slides, the ones that go all the way around the boat, we'd send Ander up with Grace, Grant up with Charlie and they would take them, they'd go in the double, the double rafts and, you know, we just saw them going around the boat. I mean, they were totally fine. Um, but, you know, they did have to stand in line there, maybe five, 10 minutes for a raft. They could do it. But two years ago, they could. Two years ago, they wouldn't have been able to. No. Yeah. You would have been, you would have been yeah. wanting to get off that ship and fly home. You know, <laughs> if you even got made it on the plane there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that was, and that was an additional day. Like, you know, we had to fly down there a day early, stay in a hotel, find a place. Uh, finding gluten-free pizza outside of Chicago is not that easy. <laughs> I mean, um, I remember but, Andrew was pulling his suitcase through the airport, yeah. through O'Hare, like, you know, one of the busiest airports in the world, like on spring break, like it was nothing. And then yeah. when we flew home, we had a really late flight. I mean, we spent 12 hours at the airport with them. And not a problem. No problems. Yeah. So, and... You know, like I said, two years ago, before we met you, that wouldn't have been possible. I think even a year ago, that would have been difficult. So, yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned one important point is that the body can take a break when things have calmed down within. Yeah. So I have, uh, which is the reason why I made my uh, travel podcast, which reduces the greatly reduces the number of supplements. If you're gone for up to a week, you know, with your child at a certain point in the protocol. Now that the body, you know, we have addressed most of the triggers, things have calmed down and, and you can take that leap. Another thing that uh, the reason why I mentioned uh, food on, on the cruise ship was because that got me curious. I'm like, you know, you said there was no, uh, no flare ups, no pants flare, no behavioral flares. So we said, I was like, all right, let's see where the gut is. And mm -hmm. when the, the lab tests came back, that's when we saw that, you know, the uh, microbiome of a child uh, labeled as being on the spectrum. It is so rare to see everything within range. And the, the lab test showed us that, that the microbiome was within range. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense, you know, eating out for a whole week for all meals. Yeah. And, you know, we do eat out quite a bit. Um, I would say maybe like twice, once or twice a week we go out and, you know, maybe there's cross contamination. I mean, they're not celiac or anything, so it, it's not. But I mean, you know, they're not eating like a bun, of, you know, a gluten bun. So there might be cross contamination. But at this point, we don't see uh, Andrew. Yeah, if he would, uh, when he was like four or five years old, if he got a taste of something he shouldn't have he was hyper for two weeks for two weeks oh yeah oh yeah and he's still like you go to a birthday party and you know they have the gluten-free cupcakes and he sees a piece of chocolate cake you'll see him eating it in the corner like oh Rob he's found to he's, be someone else's birthday party yeah oh he, yeah he, he's crafty he'll he'll get what he wants you know not that he knows it's gluten-free or not gluten-free but uh, we do our best to try to monitor it. Last last year, they were at the jump park, and Rob said uh, he was looking around. He couldn't find Andrew. I thought I well, lost him. Andrew had gone into a birthday party that was there, and he asked for a piece of cake. Oh, and he just, they just crashed him. Yeah, he, he just yeah he totally party. And the mom that. goes, he asked me so nicely. I just gave him a piece of cake. I said, oh thanks. Oh, I said I, I lost him. <laughs> <laughs> 
thought I had to make the call home saying I'm coming home with one less kid. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah. He just sat down at a birthday party. So they're getting there. They still need work, but it's um, a long road. You know, we see when you sit in your last, and I know we have still a lot more work with Grant, but when you were talking about, you had said something um, a couple weeks ago when we spoke. Thank you for joining Master Herbalist Dr. Jody A. Dashaw, Director of the BioNexus Health Clinic and BioNexus Herbals, on the BioNexus Health Podcast, where we explore and share information and stories about recovering and healing from chronic and environmental illnesses such as mold biotoxin illness, Lyme disease, autism spectrum disorder, fatigue, Crohn's and colitis, mast cell activation syndrome, PANS, and more. Please help us grow our message by subscribing to our podcast channel and sharing the podcast on your social networks. For more information, visit bionexushealth.com. Information within this video, audio, or text, collectively known as the podcast, has not been reviewed by the FDA. Nothing within the podcast is intended as or should be construed as medical advice. Information is for general informational and educational purposes only. Consumers of the podcast should consult with their healthcare practitioners for medical recommendations. Seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider. Do not disregard the advice of a healthcare provider based on any information from the podcast. The information within the podcast may contain information concerning dietary supplements or over-the-counter products that are not drugs. Our dietary supplement products are not intended for use as a means to cure, treat, prevent, diagnose, or mitigate any disease or other medical or abnormal condition.